Good evening, everyone, and welcome. Tonight's class is titled, Believers, Son of Believers. How many of us are familiar by not of head with that quote? Believers, Son of Believers. Maminim b'nei maminim. Believers, Son of Believers. So this is a... The Talmud actually shares that we are maminim b'nei maminim. Our forefathers believed in God and we believe in God. In the prayer on Friday night and again Shabbos by day, we say a song in honor of Shabbos, Mizmar Shiliyema Shabbos, and within that song we say, It's nice to praise God. And we share that Lehagid It's good to praise you, Lord, and to sing to your name. We, can, we say the following, to speak about your kindness in the morning. In the morning, we're going to speak about your kindness. And your trustworthiness, your belief, our belief in you in the, at, at night. By day, we talk about God's kindness. By night, we talk about our belief in God. What does that mean? It means, by day, it's not talking about by day. By day is talking about when we're living in the light. When we're living in a situation where we see God. And we're able to really connect with God. At that time, we don't need to come unto belief. At that moment, we talk about God's kindness. We're able to see further. But when it's nighttime, when it's dark outside, when we're feeling trapped within ourselves, when we can't see a way out, we, always, we need to come on to belief. Ultimately, at our core, is belief. And, and this is what we're going to learn tonight. What we're going to learn tonight is that at the core of every Jew is the greatest and deepest belief. A Jew does not need to, un, uh, does not need to learn to believe. He needs to stop what he's doing and remove what's covering the belief. Let me give you an example. Someone that says they don't believe in God, most often you will not succeed in convincing them to believe in God because it's beyond logic. Have you ever had a conversation with someone that said they don't believe and you convinced them to believe in God? Most often those conversations go very, very sour. Is that, have you ever had such an experience, Shmuel? You come in all excited, I'm going to prove to you. I thought I got some progress <laughs> talking about eternity. Yeah. What's eternal? And then what happened? Well, you have some, if you know what eternity is, if it means something to you, nothing's really eternal except God. Right. Fair. And we could come with all these observations and thoughts, but as a whole, generally you're going to end up in a fight with that person because it's not logic. Our belief is something that we don't need to learn about. It's something we need to reveal within ourselves. Let me share with you a story. Probably you'll catch it. You'll, you'll remember the story as I say it. But I'll share it nonetheless. The story takes place, I believe, in the year 2,449. So you say today. Today we're in, this, in the year 2018. Today we're really in the year 5,778 in the Jewish calendar. So let's, in, in the Jewish calendar, let's talk about the year 
2,449. Anyone know what time period we are at that time? So I'll tell you something. This morning I gave a class to uh, the students in Maimonides, and here's some interesting facts. The year 1948 rings a bell with anyone here? It's a famous, what's, what happened in 1948? Oh, you guys are good. You guys are on top of it. Good, good, good. So yeah, I can't fool you guys. In the year 1948, the Jewish calendar, it's also a holy date. And I actually told the students, I said, if you listen to me, if you focus on today's class, I'll give you some tricks. You'll probably never forget them. That's what I told them. And thank you. Yes. The year 1948 is the year that Avraham was born in the Jewish calendar. The year 1948 in the secular calendar is the year that the State of Israel was established. Correct. The year 1990... The year 1996 is the year that the, the Tower of Babylonia happened, when the, Jewish, when the people at the time following... Let's go backwards. The flood... Hey, what, what year was Adam born in? What, what year... Thank you, it was zero. I was hoping someone would help me there. Adam was born in year zero, year number one. Oh, I I was playing with you. I was thinking Noah. Okay, okay. Sounds like a riddle or something. Noah, the, the flood happened in the year 1658. <coughs> and the tap, Noah's flood, this week's Torah portion, we're familiar? No, the flood of Noah, year 1658. In the year 1996, uh, a little bit over 300 years ago, later, the Tower of Babylonia was made. Are you familiar with the story of the Tower of Babel? When the, when the people at the time said, we don't want another flood, we're going to... 19 or 18? 1996. Well, so that was after Avram was born? Uh, yes. It was just a few years later, yes. Avram was born in 1948. It happened in 1996. The Exodus, and this is where I wanted to get to, the Exodus happened in which year? 2448. Thank you, Usher. And I just remember my teacher telling me a little sign, and I never forgot it because of that. He said 2 plus 2 equals 4, 4 plus 4 equals 8. So that was like 2, 4, 4, 8. Okay. 24 sounds like 48. 24. That's much, that's much better. 24. It's half, of 40, it's half of 48. Thank you. 24, 48. The Jewish people left Egypt. Um, my calendar is flipping me at the moment. Exactly when... Let's see if we could figure this out together. I'm trying to figure out when the story of the spies happened. I think it was the following year. I think it was a year later. The story of the spies happened. Are you familiar with the story of the spies? The Jewish people had camped by the, by the mountain of, of Sinai. At that point, how many days walk were they from, from Israel? Three days away. The Jewish people told Moshe, let's send spies. Let's send spies to Israel to, to see how it's going to be to conquer the land. Moshe chose 12 spies. They go to Israel. And for whatever reason, they come back with a terrible, terrible report. The report is, it's impossible to conquer the land. There's giants there. We will not be successful. What they do, they come back. And give that report on the 9th of Av. They came back on the 9th of Av and God says, You caused tragedy on the 9th of Av. And because of that, that will be the saddest day of the year. 
That's the same day that the temples later on were destroyed. The ninth of Av, they give their report. And Hashem says, I want to destroy the Jewish people. And because of that, over the next 39 years, all of the Jewish people alive at that time die, basically. So instead of going to Israel three days later, they're going to they go in circles for the next 39 years in the Sinai Desert. Any questions so far? So, let's take a look at that story, because it's a really fascinating story. The Jewish people have just seen the greatest miracles to ever happen. They saw God give the Torah at Mount Sinai. They saw God split the sea. And yet, these spies come back with a report, we can't conquer the land. Like, what type of nonsense is that? God will make a miracle. What's the big deal? We're living on miracles. Every day we're eating miraculous food. Our clothing is miraculously being clean and growing with us. Miraculously, water is coming out of a rock. So what's the big deal? So there's giants. We're, li we're living in miracles. We're seeing miracles on a daily basis. So what happened here? Tzvi, is the question clear? Mm -hmm. question's clear. So let's look in the wording of the spies. Very strong wording. They say the following. They say, they return and they say that the Ha'anashim Asher Alu Imai Amru The spies come back and they say we cannot conquer Israel. Listen to these words. Ki chazaku. What does chazak mean? Chazaku. What's who? He or it? It is strong. Mimenu. Than us. The spies say the people living in Israel are stronger than us. Comes the Gemara and tractate Sota and Rashi quotes it. Let me read Rashi. Rashi says, Chazak humimenu. You could switch the word mimenu, could mean from us or from him. The, the spies were saying, Ki Chazak hu. The people in the land are stronger than who? Mimenu from him. Stronger than God. Stronger than God, says Rashi, so to say. Kilapi Maila. Facing God, Amru, they said that the people in Israel are stronger than God. God Himself can't conquer the land. Okay? The Jewish people accept what they said at face value. They start crying. Let's just see the words. Vatisa Kol The whole congregation, Vayitnu as Kolam, they're all crying. They start complaining against Moshe and Aaron. And the story goes on. Listen to the words of Hashem. Hashem says, This was the tenth time the people had challenged God. 
And Hashem says to Moshe, How long shall I let these people continue to provoke me? How long should I let them continue to refuse to believe in me? Despite all the signs I have performed in their midst, I must strike them with, pest, pest, with pestilence and annihilate them. As for my oath to the patriarchs to give the land to their descendants, I'll make you, Moshe, in, Moshe and Aaron into a nation, greater and stronger than them. And uh, Moshe and Aaron plead to Hashem. And Hashem says that uh, the, true, the people of, of this time period will die in the desert and their children will enter into Israel. So, do the, do the people of Israel believe they could conquer the land right now? What's the answer? No. Absolutely not. Okay, so Moshe, Hashem starts screaming at them. Ooh. Listen to these three expressions. We don't find these three sharp, sharp expressions Hashem uses regarding the Jewish people at the time. Number one, Hashem says, I'm not finding it in here momentarily in the Tanya. We're going to see the three. Oh, here. We'll see it in the Tanya. But Hashem uses three extremely sharp expressions, really reproving the Jewish people at the time. Okay, so they don't believe. And all of a sudden, let's see this next verse. The verse says, The next day they get up, they go to the top of the mountain saying, Hinenu, here we are, Velina, we're going to go. Well, Hashem, we sinned. Hashem, we sinned, but we're ready to go to Israel. We're ready to fight. How could they change their belief system? Ah, how, that's going to be the question we're going to discuss in a moment. So, but Mo, just to finish the story, Moshe says, Vayomer Moshe, why are you transgressing God's word now? God's word now is not to go into Israel. You will not be successful. Don't do it. Some, some Jewish people didn't listen and they died. But, but let's look at the scenario here. The scenario is, there's... <laughs> Let me translate it into other words. There is this scary, scary building that you believe if you walk into, a bomb is going to go off and it's going to explode. And you're going to die. And someone starts screaming at you. You still believe you're going to die if you walk in. So what? So what? They scream at you, so now you're, ready to, now you're ready to go inside of the building? What's the story here? The Jewish people are scared to go to Israel. They believe they're going to die. So Moshe says, what? You know, Moshe gives them a hard time and they say, okay, we're ready to go. The story is not, not adding up. Mm. Usher, is the question clear here? How are you, Shai? Yishai, the question's clear? But the answer is even better. The answer is that a Jew, and this is the point, and this is how we're going to prove our point tonight. The Jew believes in God. And if Hashem tells you you'll be successful, you'll be successful. There's just something covering that belief. So when Moshe... When Hashem screamed at the Jewish people, and Moshe did, that covering to their belief was removed. 
and they were able to recognize that Hashem will be able to make any miracle or do whatever is necessary. So again, the question was, how could it be that on one day they say we are scared, we're not going to be successful, the next day, oh, they say, okay, we'll be successful today. It doesn't add up. If you're scared, you're scared. The answer is because the moment their shell surrounding their belief system, their belief in God was removed, they believed. They recognized if God says to enter, they're going to be able to enter. Let's see it inside. We're holding page 132, chapter 29. And we're, we're going to prove tonight how our belief in God is something that is deep within us. And it just needs to be revealed. It does not need to be created. Again, page 132, chapter 29. Right-hand column, indeed. Do we have the place? Could I offer you one? Second paragraph. Yes. Indeed. Page 132 in middle of chapter 29. Indeed we find... We find this explicit. Sorry, right? Here. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. We find this explicitly stated in the Torah. In connection with the spies. This idea that a Jew's belief is deep within him and we only need to remove the shell around it is clear in the Torah regarding the story of the spies who at the outset declared for it is stronger than we the spies said the land of Israel is stronger than us we can't we won't be able to be successful and we mentioned that the word mimenu then we the Talmud says read not then we but then he, etc. Don't say that the spies were saying that the land of Israel is stronger than us, the Jewish people. The spies looked at the Jews in the eyes and they said, the land of Israel is stronger than God. For they had no faith in God's ability. And the Jewish people, we, the Jewish people, believed them. We were crying. But afterward, they reversed themselves and announced, we will, we will readily go up. All of a sudden, the next day they say, you know what, God? We're ready to do it. Comes the question, from where did their faith in God's ability return to them? What, how did this faith return? And now the Tani is going to tell us, there's no miracles that happened. It's not that Moses sat them all down and said, let's give a lecture on belief. He didn't make miracles. He said, oh, you want to believe? I'm going to pull a cow out of my, you know, out of my hand. He didn't do any tricks. Our teacher Moshe, peace unto him, had not meanwhile shown them any sign or wonder concerning this. It's not that he showed them a miracle and said, you don't believe. Let me split the sea again for you. Watch this. No, that's not what happened. The only thing that happened in the meantime from when they said they don't believe to when they said they do believe is he had only told them that the Lord was angry with them and had sworn not to allow them to enter the land. Yes! Moshe said, God has sworn not to allow you into the land of Israel. Why should this have influenced them? And of what avail was this to them if they didn't did not believe, having forfend, in the Lord's ability to subdue the 31 kings. There were 31 kings living, Lamed Aleph Malachim, living in Israel. 
And if we don't believe that we're going to be successful, if we don't believe God has the ability to be successful, God forbid, so then what happened now that God's telling you off and telling you, oh, that he's upset. For which reason they had no desire whatsoever to enter the land. They felt that Hashem couldn't, God forbid, be successful bringing them into Israel. So what happened now? But undoubtedly, here comes the, the punchline, since the Jewish people are Ma'aminim b'nei ma'aminim, believers, the descendants of believers. Except what happens to some of us, that the sitra, the klipa, the negativity comes, and is, which is closed in their bodies, had risen against the light of the holiness of their divine soul, Klipa comes and rises against the belief within you, your godly soul. And how does she do this, the Klipa? In her haughtiness and arrogance. In her chutzpah. Without sense or reason, the Klipa goes ahead and covers the belief. So we all believe. What does it mean we believe? Let's talk about what it means we believe. Maminim b'nei maminim. Naturally, a human being doesn't want to die. It's a natural thing. Hashem created us that we don't want to die. Similarly, the natural underpinning of a Jew is that he believes in God and he doesn't want to let go for a moment in that belief in God. We are believers, the son of believers. We are naturally, we naturally believe in God. It's something we just need to reveal. So now there's something covering, covering over the belief. So what do you need to do to, cover, to break it? Someone that says, I don't believe, do you need to lecture them? Or, therefore, as soon as the Lord had become angered against them and thundered angrily, Hashem says now three strong expressions. We're quoting from the Chumash. How long shall I bear with this evil congregation? Hashem called them evil, A. And B is, Hashem continued, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness. Very strong. And C, I the Lord have spoken. I will surely do this to the entire evil congregation. So as soon as the Jewish people heard these sharp remarks from Hashem, their heart was humbled and broken within them when they heard these stern words. As is written, and the people mourned greatly. So Hashem comes, He's sharp, and that broke the klipa, and all of a sudden everyone realizes, hey, Hashem is right. We do believe in God. We know He could do it. What do you mean? The, the people in Israel that were created from Shem, they're stronger than Hashem? You ever heard the famous question, can God create a rock He can't lift up? You ever heard this question? Can God create a rock He can't lift? Great question, and one time I'll share with you a, a, an even better answer to the question. There's an amazing answer. The answer is no. <laughs> By the way. But that's a problem. We'll get to it. It's a really fascinating. But let, let's... Bring ourselves back here. The Jewish people believed that Hashem couldn't bring them into Israel. But when Hashem was stern with them, Hashem broke that barrier surrounding the, their belief. 
Their belief is now revealed and they're like, hey, ha, we, we believe, we believe, let's do this. Let's make it happen. Consequently, the Sitra Achara toppled from its dominance, dominion from its haughtiness and arrogance, leaving the Israelites to their unborn fa inborn faith. Was it, but, but that wasn't God's purpose. God, God was just angry. He wasn't trying to, to make them believe. He was just angry that they did not believe. Is that not right? So there was a, a positive thing happened. They came to believe, but was that Hashem's purpose? Was it Hashem's purpose in being tough with them yeah. to go ahead and break the klipa? What do you think? Well, from everything we learn, ultimately, that was his purpose to do that. But he also is wanting to destroy this entire generation. <coughs> so I, I don't know that. But. So I think, please, Asher, is, is it on, along the same lines? If one alternative is the forces of, of doubt are broken and the people If the forces of doubt are not broken and the people enter the land anyway, then they go into the land without belief. Thank you. If you're saying if Hashem wouldn't have been very strong with them, he wouldn't. Yeah. I appreciate that point, and that's kind of what I wanted to say. You know, in discipline, we learn that being nice to people is not always good. Sometimes, if a child is acting up. We have to be tough on them. What? Tough love. And so Gershon, I think what Usher is saying, and I think it's an interesting perspective is, and Usher, correct me if I'm wrong, that when Hashem said that this generation needs to remain in the desert, that was Hashem's way, perhaps, of revealing the belief in the Jewish people. And had it been less than that, He wouldn't have been able to crack the tough shell. That makes sense, and even that is that was, is that what you were saying? And even that was a mitigation because because initially he wanted to be done right. with all of them, right? Not even the next generation, right. right? So he kind of backed up and said, "This is your punishment, this generation." Right. Better they should have faith without the land than the land without. Right. And with this understanding, what I appreciate about the way we're understanding it now is, Hashem doesn't punish. We've discussed this previously. Hashem doesn't punish or hurt anybody. Hashem is bringing out the best in everybody. If we, if we look at it in this perspective, then Hashem said, Hashem was really trying to bring out the best in everybody and bring out the, the break, the tough shell that was surrounding everybody to make this happen. Okay, so now, yes. And um, on the bottom of page 132, there's a reference to sub the Lord's ability to subdue the 31 kings. Yeah. What is the significance of that? What is, you know? You're asking why do we mention that there's 31 kings? Yeah. What's, because it's a good question, and often you'll see this. The reason we mention the 31 kings, <laughs> how big is Israel? 
How many, anyone know the size of Israel? Not very big. Not very big. <laughs> it had 31 separate armies, let's say. It's, 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 uh, this is one of the ways we stress how strong and fortified it was. Because well, you had city-states then, where every city was a, was a country. Or walled city. Fair enough. Another, but, and, and that's the point we're stressing, that it was extremely, extremely strong in its defense systems and, and its ability to fight. There were all kings? That 31 separate kings. And that's why it tells you in the footnote, it takes you to Joshua, where actually they're listed out. Chapter 12. Yes, yes. Thank you, Maisha Mandel, for pointing that out. And now we're going to learn, a one, it's a one paragraph, and it's a paragraph I encourage you to read often. It's a paragraph that hopefully can take you through life. Here it goes. From the above, with this understanding that belief is our core and there's just something disturbing us, every person in whose mind entered doubts as to his faith can deduce that they are nothing more than empty words of the Sitra Achara. When, when a person starts having questions and doubts about life and about what I, why Hashem brought me here, let's, let's appreciate that this is not my question. This is the klipa, the Sitra Achara, the negativity, the evil within me asking these questions. Because I myself don't have these questions. I myself believe in God. Which raises itself against his soul. The klipa is raising itself against you. But the Israelites themselves are believers. We naturally have belief in Hashem. You, Liz, Usher, Dr. Malav, you are all, we are all believers. The moment we have questions, that is not you. That is the other. Asking the question. And when those questions are being asked, when you're able to put it in that frame and, and recognize who it's coming from, that will itself assist you. That's number one. Number one is, you believe. We believe. I believe. And the moment we have questions, that is not you. Point A. Point B is, not only do you believe in Hashem, the clip itself believes in Hashem. You ever had a lawyer that was trying to fight a case that he knew he was, he was wrong, but he's still fighting for the person? You ever heard of such a thing? Does it exist? It exists. There's a lawyer who's going to take a case. He knows that the person is wrong. He's going to fight for it. But he, he knows. The klipa knows 100% what it's doing is wrong. Do you remember the example we gave of the woman who was hired to seduce the king's son? I'll repeat it again. The king wants to test the morality of... Morality is the right word? Like how moral his son is? So he hires a woman to try and seduce his son. So, so he wants his son not to succumb to this woman. And the woman knows that. But her job is to do her best to test that son. That is th that in this scenario, let's apply that. The klipa would be this woman trying to test the morality of this child of, of each one of us. This woman is hired to really do her best, give it her all to test this person, but she does not want that young 
boy to, to fall to her. She's hoping he won't, but she has to do her best. The clip is the same. Oh, even talked Absolutely, absolutely. I'm just sharing it. The klipa is hired, so to say, by Hashem to test us. But the klipa is sad when we fail. It's going to get a lot of money. It may, it may grow bigger. But the klipa itself knows it's wrong. It's like that lawyer I told you that's fighting for, for, the, for a wrong cause, but it's going to fight all the way. It, let's see that inside. Not only do we need to know that the moment we have questions... It's not coming from ourselves. But the clip itself knows that it shouldn't be bringing up these questions. The clip itself is hoping that you're not going to fall to it. So, let's put it in other words. If someone falls to something from the clipa, the clipa is upset and he is upset. So who's happy? Nobody. It's a lose-lose. Does that make sense to me? Maxim. Let's read it inside. Furthermore, the Sitra Achara itself entertains no doubts about, no doubts about faith. The Klippa itself knows Hashem is the king, except that she has been given permission to confuse man with words of falsehood and deceit. Hashem appointed Klippa and said, your job is to fool and, the, and, and to test. In order, why, why? Key point, that he may acquire greater rewards. Want to give you greater rewards? It has to be a test. And shares Tanya the point we said: as a harlot seeks to deduce the king's son with falsehood and deceit, with the king's approval, as in the parable mentioned in the Holy Zohar. So let's let's repeat this back. We believe in God. Kleba believes in God. So who doesn't believe in God? No, nobody. The problem is, what? I'm just reflecting. The Klippa was like my drill sergeant in the army. <laughs> he was always getting mad at us, beating us up to make us be better. <laughs> yes. And didn't really want us to fail, but pushed us to almost fail. <laughs> there you go, you have a real life example. Can I just get a definition of the Klippa? Because I haven't gone through all of the. Sure, I'm going to read you the definition. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you mine. I'll, I'll read you the definition from the way they define it. If you want, you could join me in reading it on page A128. A128. And so flip to the back, to the back of your Tanya. So starting from the back, they start the numbers again. Dr. Mal, I'm not sure if you'll have it. So maybe share with maybe share with Moshe Mendel. Yeah. Do you do we have it? No. No. I think the older Tanyas don't have it. A one two eight. A one two eight. Gershon, if you want to share with uh, Shmuel. Mm. Yeah, Maxim, I don't think that one has. Okay. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. You have a newer one. For some reason, I thought I had. Klipa, bark or shell. The symbol frequently used in Kabbalah to denote evil and the source of sensual desires in human nature. And that's what we say, often mentored together with Sitra Achara. Okay, so Klipa literally means a shell. And it's a reference to evil. Let's now look at the word Sitra Achara. If we're already going good over, let's look at its second wording. And that's going to be on page A135. A135. It's on the bottom of the page, Sitra Achara. 
The other side, i.e. not the side of holiness, it is another term for evil in that it negates the Godhead. Anything that tends to separate from God belongs in the Sitra Achara, the root of evil. See also Klippa. So, yes, Dr. Mala, please. So, we're talking about definitions. So, how does this tie in with the Yetzir Haraz? Are they all synonyms for the same thing or not? Great question. Klippa and Sitra Achara are the overarching term for anything that is not holy. The Yetzir Hara is an inclination within us that would fall under the Klippa. But Klippa is the broad term for anything oh, evil. So the Yetzir Hara works for the Klippa, kind of? Correct, okay. correct. The Yetzir Hara comes from Klippa. Oh, the, the more precise term would be, there is Klippa that creates the Yetzir Hara within you. So let's summarize, and with this we'll conclude and take any, any remaining questions. In summary, we said tonight we're going to talk about believers, the son of believers. And we shared how from the story of the spies, when the Jewish people did not believe in God, and the next day they believed, we said, how did this happen? This underlies the point that a Jew believes in God. And the moment we crack the shell, covering the belief, we will believe. Very important point here. This re-emphasizes... When people would write to the Rebbe that they had challenges in believing in God, the Rebbe often would not say to learn more about belief in God. Often the Rebbe would say, Davin well, say some Tehillim, look at the holy words. How does that help? If I don't believe, I don't believe. Because the goal here is not to study belief in God. I know many people that are tremendous philosophers. Right, Aristotle, we all know, was this tremendous philosopher, and yet he didn't practice what he preached. I don't know if you're familiar, the stories that he, he, he didn't practice everything he was preaching, because it made sense, it was logical, he could explain it, but that doesn't mean I need to do it. We could, there are people that could probably prove to you, I, I'm going to be quite certain, there's people that could explain to you in every single way, how you need to believe in God, and still, they themselves don't believe in God. Because belief is not a logical thing. It's not about understanding. The Rebbe would tell people, if someone would say they're challenged in belief, he would write to say words of Torah, or study words of Torah by heart. Because we need to break the barrier, we don't need to create the belief. We just need to remove what's covering it. And therefore, whenever someone is challenged, whether it's in their belief in God, or they're going through a trouble, they need to know. Number one is, they naturally believe in God. And the covering that is telling them not to believe in God also believes in God. May we all be blessed. It's easier than it sounds. I know that, I know that firsthand. <laughs> but it's the truth. May we all be blessed. <coughs> To break the barrier to our belief without God having to threaten us or bring hardships on us. Because that is the way we learn. God willing, God should not have to challenge any of us. We should all be able to bring out that belief within us. And uh, if we believe, we'll be happy, right? Because we only become sad, generally, I shouldn't say, but as a whole, sadness comes when we think things are going bad for us. But if we believe, that everything is from Hashem and Hashem loves us and He's doing it out of kindness. So why would we be sad? 
it's a, it's a deep thought that I, I'm, I myself don't live up to it, but I still could share it. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's a true thought. Any questions? No. Okay, one question. Please. Okay. So, if, if, they, if they really believed in God, then why didn't they do what Moses said? When Moses said, don't go up on the mountain because you're not going to succeed. So if they had the belief, why didn't, why didn't they believe that also? I mean... Great question. Great question. The question Dr. Malov is asking, <laughs> if you're believing in God, then believe Him fully. Because he was upset with them at that moment. Right, right, right. Well, one was God, one was Moses. If, if the, you know, Moses wasn't God, he was only a prophet, a mess only. He was the prophet. That's it's, it. That's a, it's different if you de deny Moses' direction than denying God's will. Shmuel, are you going to mind if I challenge that? Go ahead. We say every day in davening, Hashem, the Jewish people believed in Hashem, and we continue, Moshe and in his servant Moshe. And from here we learn that someone denies belief in Moshe, denies belief in God. So, um, that's one of, the, one of the 13 principles of faith. In that instance, the doctor explained that the people denied the will of Moses, but they still went into Israel. So that's his question, right? How could they, how could they go ahead? So I appreciated your thought. You had a fascinating point that God himself had told them not to go. Um, sorry, God himself was upset. They wanted to go, and Moshe told them not to. So they thought to go against Moshe. That was your point. That's a fair, I appreciate it. But I'm sharing that ultimately, ultimately, our belief in Moshe is reflective on our belief in God. It, it's one of the 13 principles. Right, 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 right. But that wouldn't be a belief necessarily because if God is upset with us or if Moshe says that God is upset with us, then it's more than... Um, you know, it's more than faith. You have to trust, and that's not you know that that's that's different. You're saying faith and trust are different. In this case, it sounds like they are because if 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 God wasn't upset with anybody, if Moshe didn't relay that message, and, and maybe I'm misunderstanding. Sure. Um, you know, then faith by itself. Belief in God would be sufficient, hmm. but if if he's upset, then it's not just faith and belief, because you have to you also have to know that he's not going to do anything. And and I know what you said, God would never do anything to hurt anybody. I got that, but he's upset. Isn't that the next and that's where trust comes in. That's that's not that's not faith. That's not that's not believing in God. You can you can believe in somebody and still not trust them. Isn't that the next level after faith? Uh, I mean, there's a whole there's, remember, a, there's a whole word. I can't remember what the word is. But uh, the word it's a Hebrew word. It's not a muna, because I listened to some class once. So that's a level above. Bitachon. Bitachon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what I think. 
was discussed here. I, th I think there's a lot of fantastic points that everyone's mentioning. Um, and to, for myself, I don't know the answer. I think people are bringing up good points, but I don't know. Basically, Dr. Malav is saying, ultimately, if they, so, so if they were accepting God, how the next day could they say they're going to go against God? Hmm. By, by, I, it's, it's an interesting question. It's a fascinating, I, and I don't know the answer, although there's been some great um, thoughts thrown out there. So thank you. Moshe was fallible. I mean, God didn't permit Moses to enter Israel. I'm not saying that we shouldn't believe what was transmitted by Moses, but Moses was a human being. God's I, not I, a human I, being. I have to argue <laughs> that we learn in the Chumash, and I, I, I apologize, but I oh, need to argue. Oh. We learn in the Chumash, Moses was half godly, half human, physically. Um, and um, Moses... When we say he sinned, he didn't really sin. Um, Moses was not human, as we say humans make mistakes. Um, that's that's one, one, basically so what basically. First, I've heard that Moses was part godly or part god. I've never heard that before. Is anybody else? No, I don't. No. I'm going to read it to you in the. I'm going to read it to you in the Torah. If I find it. I don't understand how you can say that God doesn't punish. Isn't the second paragraph of the Vahafta all about consequences? No, why, why did, where did I say God doesn't punish? How did I tell you God I doesn't punish? We, I thought we said that God doesn't punish. Oh, they had a, about three oh, weeks oh, ago, oh, oh. they God, had a class. God consequences. Do you know the difference between a oh, consequence oh, yeah, and a punishment? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a purpose to the gratification. Right. right. And in this scenario, we know the purpose. The purpose why God... We see that we could see at least one, one reason. The reason why God was harsh on the Jewish people was to bring out their belief, was to crack that shell. <clears throat> what am I looking for? I'm looking for how the, the, the godliness. I'll find it for next week. All the prophets were godly, but Moses was the, was the greatest. Of the it's not just godly. Didn't you say half God? I said he was half godly, half human. That's what I said. I didn't say he was a son of God. He was not a son of God. No, no, no. I, I, I'm actually trying. I, I want to be very careful what I say here. But we learned he was half. He was half. I'm going to check one place. If I don't find it, we'll, we'll go ahead. I can accept that he was the greatest prophet, but I, I don't know how he's not a demigod. He's anything other than a great human being. I will try and find the Rashi for next week. Okay, good evening, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.